You are listening to episode 81 of the Playing Flout Podcast with Rita Hyland. Did you know you can achieve all of your goals and still not live your purpose? It's true. Just because you're accomplishing things doesn't mean you are on course for your meaningful life. The world is full of transition right now. Society is shifting to a new place. The apple cart has been kicked. Some will choose to put the apples back on the cart and others will decide anew. And if you're looking to assess and deliberately craft a design for you, I have something to help you get started. In today's episode, I'm sharing some concrete ways for you to begin to design your future, including how to establish your measurement of success based on what drives you, a simple exercise to assess where you are right now, and how to know if you're ready to design your life, and two revealing questions that will drive you to the work and life you can't not do and live. But you and I both know nothing was created that was not first imagined. So grab a pen and paper. You'll want to take notes. By the end, you'll have the tools, process, and mindset to start designing your life and compelling future. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there. I was with a group of old friends this week and listening to how our lives have changed so much through the years, even within the last year. Many have taken their kids to college for the first time. Others have become the caregivers to their parents. And others are in positions in their workplaces that are having them step back and evaluate how they can make work-life balance work. And most were a combination of all of these. At a time when so many are experiencing really significant transition and work and lives have changed dramatically. And that is really just about everybody this last year due to the pandemic. It got me thinking that I wanted to provide some tools if designing your life is something you want to do and show you some ways to get started. You know, I'm often walking around and seeing people. And one of the things a lot of people will say is, oh, I need to talk to you. And what I infer when they're saying that is they want to get a plan. They want to get a design. They want to have a vision for where they're headed, their right direction. And I think that we all have the opportunity on a regular basis to consistently reassess. It's not just a one-time thing to design your life. As we know, when things move, we have to reassess. And there's an opportunity right now, I believe, in this fall season, which it's so cozy to grab a pen, slow it down, and some paper, and to 
start to reflect and get clear on a few things so that we're deliberately choosing as opposed to being led. I'm a really big believer that if we don't consciously design our life, someone will do it for us and we may not like what they choose. That's either when we are being asked to be performers for them and any of the capacities in our life, or when we are subconsciously not even aware that we are living someone else's concepts, ideas, and narratives. Years ago, when I was introduced to the idea of being able to design your life, it was completely foreign to me because we are not taught this in school. And what was most surprising was just how quickly and expansively things changed in weeks, not years, when I became clear that I could both choose and there was a process to design and actually show up to it. And I just hadn't realized how draining it was to go through life responding instead of deliberately choosing until I designed my life on my own. So I'm going to take you through a few things for how you can get started on doing the exact same things that I've done and what I support other people and help other people do, hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And the specific tools, a few of them to execute and begin right away. So the first tool, the first step actually that we have to do is to establish our own measure. What I mean by that is begin by identifying what a meaningful life means to you. How do you measure a meaningful life? There's no one answer. It's different for everyone. And it's also the reason that we can't borrow ours you know, from someone else because it's very specific to us. The questions to ask, though, are what drives us at work? What is it that drives you at work? What is that thing that makes you feel alive or, or that gets you compelled by your vocation? And then what is your purpose in life? Your purpose has less to do with you and more to do with others. So what is your purpose? What is it that you're here for? One of the things that can get folks stuck here is we use other people's measuring sticks. So if you're working from a paradigm of societies that's not yours, like we're talking about, then you can't shine. Sometimes we're using our culture standards for a successful life or a meaningful life instead of our own. And a lot of times that happens without us even being aware of it. It's unconscious to us. We have a fear of going off course with, it can be family or society's expectations or our workplace's expectations that we'll, we get afraid that we're not going to get the acceptance or the validation we're used to getting and that too often we may be craving or addicted to. And this first step of establishing our own measure, we need to use our own compass. We need to have something in place that is our own measurement so we can refer to it and know if we're, we're on track. So again, it's important to acknowledge that there are a whole bunch of cultural narratives and dysfunctional beliefs out there that are very easy to slip into because it's like being in a fishbowl. You don't even know that they exist because it's all you've known. Some of those can be that 
we should already know who we are and what we want to have by now. We should hustle harder and accomplish more for success and happiness. We should manage it all. These are all these dysfunctional beliefs that are holding a lot of people back from designing their life on their own terms. So that's why it's really important to look at the cultural narrative and discern that from your own. So to do that, one of the ways is to, is to really look out what is the image that society pushes on us of a successful man or woman today? What is it when you think of that specific image that is pressed upon you, that you are called to be or you're, you're told you should be and if you want to have a life that equals success? And when you think of that, does that excite or energize you or does it drain you? And use that feeling as an indicator of your own internal GPS system. That's your compass. You know, you know it by the way it feels. If what you are seeing before you as your future without you, you know, impressing it, without you giving definition to it is something that feels like burlap and doesn't feel good then know that that is likely something that's been impressed on you from society, from our culture, and that it's not yours. Your truth, your measure, your compass, your GPS system is going to be felt and indicated by how you feel. And it, while it may be outside your comfort zone and have be slightly uncomfortable because it will stretch you, it still will excite you initially to think about it. One of the most specific tools that I think is easy and helpful for defining what drives you and being able to measure and and establish your own tool for a meaningful life and how you'll measure that has always been to identify the four to five things that if you were to, you know, leave the earth tomorrow, if tomorrow was your last day, what are the four to five things that you would regret not having experienced? or accomplished, or at least having attempted. You know, usually it, 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 they have to do with some very specific things. I would have wished that I had done more and, and was more vulnerable in my relationships or had experienced this kind of a relationship that I would have amplified and used my talents or my great and done my greatest work. Sometimes it can seem like they are large or what would you say, vague or top level, but that's all right. You know exactly what it means. They're very good indicators. These answers to these questions are those that they're going to tell you what your compass is, what a meaningful life is to you. So again, first step is establish and discern between what is society's, you know, cultural call And what is it that you will end up measuring your life on? Don't have to do anything with it. Just acknowledge it because so often we are driven and unable to design a life that we desire because we are afraid of being considered going rogue or going out in a new, a new direction or a new frontier when that's exactly what we are being called to and what's going to lead to our greatest levels of happiness and fulfillment. Okay, so that's step one, establish your measure. Step two 
is assess where you are now. How are things working for you? If you find that you're saying there are things that are not working for you, be aware of that. People usually start to get serious about designing their life when they know they can't be in the same place a year from now. I like to ask that question. Are you okay being in the same place for in a year from now? And if not, have you designed a, a life that will support you being in a different place? Will even inform the feelings and actions that will drive to a different experience or result. It's more like when I'm talking to people, it's I'm not ex- willing to accept this any longer. That's how you know you're ready to design your life. When it's not going to work anymore, when the discomfort is uncomfortable enough, then they know it's time to actively engage in a process to design their life. Got it? So the easiest way to do the second step of assessing is asking yourself, I like scalability all day long, one to 10, you know, in these categories or these important aspects of your life, whether that's work or health, your relationships, your social, your parenting, your marriage, your emotional well-being, whatever those things are, your financial, whatever's important to you. We can't change what we don't acknowledge isn't working. Again, it's that continually being in a fishbowl and just swimming around. Your life is too important to not give it A, meaning based on what your own terms are, and B, clarifying and and assessing where you are now so that you can acknowledge the gap. So simply get real about each important aspect of your life. Write those eight, if you will, categories down. Oftentimes, they've, the old-fashioned exercise that still works wonders and is relevant is making a circle and do making eight pieces of the pie in a wheel. And each piece of the pie or one of those lines or spokes is the scale from zero to 10 on the outside of the circle and ranking them and being able to see how smooth your life is. If, you're, if your work's at an eight, but your marriage is at a two, then being able to say how smooth that ride probably is not when you're driving on a wheel like that. And then knowing, okay, and identifying what is a 10, being able, and that really goes on into the next step, which is to design your future. We are happiest when we're doing what we love and when we're making a difference. And I'm here to tell you, you can live and be successful at your work or vocation and enjoy it. You can do this. You can do exactly that work which fills you up. And to do this, as I said, there are two questions to ask yourself, which really get to the meat and can make this exceedingly simple. The first is, what's the 20% that makes me feel most alive? Do this both with your work and home. What's the 20% that feeds you? What's the 20% you could do all day long and would be willing to do it for free? It is what you're made for. You know, for some, it's some of my clients, they, you know, would can sell all day long. They're like, oh my gosh, I love nothing more than going out and selling. Others might enjoy the conversations that they're having with the client. Others like to strategize and to solve a problem. And sometimes that's very specific. It might be specific to engineering that they like to solve the problem. Others might like to solve a more global entire company problem and put all of those parts together. 
So know what it is, that 20% that makes you feel most alive. The second question then is to focus on the ideas that you have to 10 times that passion. So the question is, what do I do to 10 times my passion? Focus on that. This is where you start to cultivate the ideas. And I like to think of and encourage three to seven aspirational futures. That would be amazing. Writing about at least three, up to seven ideas that you could have for your amazing aspirational future, your extraordinary future and your life. The reason for this is because your brain, your creative brain can really flourish and flow and get into its itself without the executive brain or the you know the, the even the primitive brain shutting them down by thinking that it's it's a future that's threatening and I can only I have to this one that I'm choosing that can be overwhelming if I don't get it right. So allow yourself in this design to really get clear of the 20% that you could do all day long that makes you feel alive and then how you can 10 times that passion in your day-to-day life, in your workplace. It's sort of like getting to the the top of the the pencil tip. We aren't going to do it all. We aren't the whole pencil. What is your zone of genius, that pencil tip? And these two questions will begin to support you on designing that future. And again, a tip here is to understand that these are for now. As I said, the world is going to continually move and be in this ever-changing experience. You will revise this design for your life at some point too. It's for now. It doesn't have to be hit. It is meant to be a guide for you. What I'd like to add and make sure you're aware of is that when we're designing our life is that making our work and life aligned so that they work together is really key. And making sure that they can integrate. Oftentimes, people will begin with these two silos of, I'm going to design my work experience. And then they move to the second silo of, I'm going to design my life. Remember that our personal life is meant to be fueled by our work life. So they are meant to be integrated. And this is a concept that I rarely see people grasp. And I've, you know, one of the ways to make sure is to, is to begin with designing your personal life. And that's what is that 20% that makes you feel alive in your home and with your personal world and your relationships and your family. Know what that 20% is. That has to be there and must be integrated and brought to compatibility and coherence with the 20% of your work that makes you feel alive. So again, begin with personal, then go into your vocation or your work and be curious and interested at how the two come together and have coherence because that is key to fulfillment. So let's just review. There's three steps to get you started to designing your life. Know how you measure a meaningful life. How does society define that success? And be able to discern for yourself with your own GPS and what it is is true for you. Second, assess where you are now. Can you do that by using the scale of the one to 10 on the most important areas of your work and life to see where you are to date? And third, design your future 
and your life by asking yourself the two questions. What's the 20% that makes me feel most alive, both for work and home, and then focus on the ideas that you have to 10 times that passion. What can I do to 10 times that passion? As I said in the beginning, you can hit all of your goals and still not live your purpose. We live in unpredictable, chaotic, and fast-changing world. And it's important that you have the tools and the process and the mindset to design your life. Once we have painted a future we are excited about, something that gets our heart pounding, we will move forward towards it enthusiastically. It's never too late to design your life. Remember that. I love looking at those lists of people who are over 60 who have completely reset and built something for the first time or become something. That's our role to continually evolve. And that first step, as we know, nothing was ever created without first being imagined. You and I both know that. So that's why the design process becomes so important. These are some high-level tools to begin, but once you begin, you'll be fast brought into and get clarity on your next action and how to refine that. Most interesting to me is what is the plot twist that you'll write into your life design? It doesn't have to be like it has been. A lot of people fall into the trap of, I have to do it based upon my past. We only get one life. You can reinvent, and we should become good at reinvention. And that first step, again, begins right now. Many people in society are doing it. Some will continue to sleepwalk. Others will say, I'm going to do this differently. Becoming aware and starting to unearth and sort of scramble things with these three first steps is the best way that you can begin to really evaluate and to live consciously. My final bit of advice is get whatever support and help you need to live your best and your extraordinary life and leadership. That may be a mentor. It could be a community, a coach. It could be a a, a personal board of advisors that you create. Lean in. Lean into any one of those. When you do that, you'll be astonished at well, one, not only just the rapid level of transformation that occurs and that that you'll probably wish you'd done it sooner, but you'll also realize that people are struggling with the same things, that this is normal, that there actually are processes, though they were never taught to you in school, that can support you in excavating and doing it and taking it step by step so that you get really clear and realize, wow, that has always been within me. I just wasn't able to get it out. I wasn't able to burp it up. I wasn't able to see it. That's okay. Not your fault. Again, we never learned how to do this, but it is an exceedingly important tool. Part of that comes with really diving in and being expanding our self-awareness. I, I mean, the correlation is like probably one to 10. Uh, one little ounce of, of self-awareness has a 10 times, ex, you know, exponential experience in terms of your performance and your happiness. Last week, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about Nike CEO John Donahoe. And he shared that early in his career, he heard a speaker who made an observation that immediately clicked with him. And it was about how elite athletes view getting help as a sign of strength. And he said, the speaker said, and I just thought this was hysterical, you people in business, you act like you have all the answers. 
If you want to perform at a world-class level, you've got to feel comfortable consuming help. Consume help. I love those words. Consume it. Whether it's a therapist or a leadership coach or a life coach or a mentor or a board of advisors, I encourage you to consider doing that for yourself this year, this 2021. Everybody deserves the support of a strong coach in their corner. Remember, an empowered individual empowers other individuals. Enjoy the process. It can be fun when you let go of grabbing a journal or a notebook or your favorite pen and sit down with these questions. The most important part of a well-lived life begins with identifying it. I hope that this was helpful for you to get started. I will be back next week at the same time and the same place, friend. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 